From Bureaucracy's Basement to your ears, this is the weekly meeting of the Queen City Improvement Bureau. Each week, the dedicated staff of the Bureau meet to make recommendations, file reports, and survive on water that drips from the boiler pipe as we sleep on a bed of dot matrix printer paper in the back room. One day, maybe we'll escape from this subterranean hell, but until then, the city is not going to improve itself. This meeting is now in session. Oh yeah. Hey. Hey. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. I'm a little. I'm a little busy over here right now. Oh, what? And what? What are you so busy? Well, can you hear? You you can hear the the video game noises that I, that I've definitely not added in in post. Yeah. No. I yeah. Quite clearly, actually. I wasn't. I was. Yeah. I thought it was coming from the from the window. No. 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 I, I got this new game. Well, actually, it's an old game. An an old game. A really old game. Uh, it's uh, SimCity. Oh, yeah, SimCity Zero. This is like this is like the original SimCity, the Ur SimCity from before. Is it just you moving action figures around and going bleep bleep? No, because, no, no. Okay. That was last. That was that was last oh, meeting. Right. Okay. Sorry. Um, this is this is the SimCity. This was like the alpha version that you know kind of failed it didn't even make it to the shareware stage because it was really not popular tell why why wasn't it popular well because they they made it too realistic they mm-hmm. you know they wanted to like you know get the the full experience of you know designing a city and uh unfortunately you know they they'd spent a lot of time working with like city planners and stuff and learning what's involved in making a city and so in this version of sim city mostly what you do is build parking lots right and, and occasionally like fire like city administrators yeah yeah yeah, yeah. there's a lot of mm-hmm. like inter-office conflict that you have to deal with but mostly <laughs> mostly it's parking lots mostly yeah yeah and eventually the entire city becomes parking lots yeah. Yeah. So you I I spend like a lot of time just like drawing out big black boxes and drawing in like little hash marks, little white hash mark lines. So anyways, I should I should stop now. Okay. Uh yeah, so because we have I'll, I'll I'll save serious okay. business. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. Sorry about that. I'm I've been I've become completely obsessed with this game. How that was that was a really loud saving sound effect, I gotta say. Sorry, it's an old old computer, old version of the game. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I, I accept that. Um so let's start with attendance. Um okay. first first attendee uh got uh head plinchu. No, he- sorry. Head head plinchu? No, there's no head plinchu here. Really? Yeah. I've got it written down. Be- oh well. Oh wait, hold on. I've I've mixed up the letters in the name, so just give me a. Should be Paul Deschen. That's me. Oh, oh, okay. Well, Paul, you're here. That's good. Yeah. I mean, I thought I recognized you, but I didn't want to be presumptuous. You yeah, know? yeah. I mean, I only see you, uh, you know, all the time every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, second attendee. Uh, oh, Norma Dianja. Nope. Sorry. Norma Dianja, famous no. abolitionist from the 20s. Oh, do tell. That, that's all I have. Oh. She's a fa- she was a famous abolitionist from the 20s, uh, and she died what? in a streetcar accident. So, okay. Yeah. What was she involved in abolishing? Um, uh, 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 candy corn. And that's why you never see any candy corn anywhere in the Queen City. Exactly. It's just it's just slightly unpopular now. Yeah. For all her work, it just made it slightly less popular. Yeah. And and doesn't sell very quickly. So when you buy it, it's always stale. Right. And you can thank Norma Diandra for for the low sales. Okay. Uh, you know what? Uh, this is a little embarrassing. I think I've actually mixed mixed up the letters in her name a little bit. So if we take the A. Oops, sorry, it should be Aiden Morgan. That's you. Oh, oh. So I'm here. And uh, wait, I could see like a familiar shape in the corner. Not like like no, I know. I could swear it's like intern shaped. Guys, what? Guys, what? Is that you? Oh, oh my god! 
Is it is it is it Sherrod? No, it's Jared. It's Jared. Sherrod. Yeah, Sherrod Clark. Awesome. Have you been here the whole time? You know, Aiden, it's been a long two years since I've seen you last, man. I've been wandering through the dank, dark basement here. I am so hungry. Oh, do you guys have uh, any food? Well, there's the sandwich machine. You can, if you have change, you can, you can like get like a ham sandwich. Oh. Do you, Aiden? Do you have any change? I'm. I've been down in the basement for two years. Like, I, I, I only have some? like weird old like Confederate coins from like. Will, will that work? From a, yeah, yeah, they will. Here you go. Okay, thank you, thank you. I'll, I'll be right back. I'm just All gonna. Right. I am so hungry. Uh, I don't believe you. Who who did you bring with you, Jared? Oh, this late. You know, I don't know. I found her a few miles back, but. She's very nice. I've enjoyed speaking with her for the last few hours as we've made our way through the basement to see that crane. I don't know. She's she tells me she's well known around Regina. Hi, oh, hey, Yvette. Hello. <laughs> Hello, Yvette. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Thank you. It's uh, lovely to be here. <laughs> so why did you guys come down into the sub basement today? Like, do, do you have something to pitch a movie? Maybe. I don't have anything. Yvette's probably the one you want to ask. <laughs> well, it's a pretty exciting day. The energy and sustainability framework came out today. So I wanted to talk about that and about all the work that our group, uh, Regina Energy Transition, has been doing with it. If you have time for that at some point. I think, you know, we it's right here. It's right here at the top of the agenda, in fact. Paul, can I just add in something real quick? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've been in I've been in the basement here, but I have had my cell phone, and I've actually been working closely with Regina Energy Transition for this. So it's like it's super cool that I get to meet Yvette in person because I've been zooming with her for the last like I don't know how many months, Yvette, and we've been working together. So this is like I am so thankful you found me this morning. <laughs> me too. <laughs> So uh, then you're also a member of Regina Energy Transitions, Sherrod? Yeah, Jared. Yeah, that's correct. That's Sherry. correct. Okay. So was that, <clears throat> did you say Sherrod? It's, it's Aiden. It's Jared. The intern? Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah Sherrod. Sherrod. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. It's so good to see you guys. And it's, it's so great good. to see you too, Jared. I mean, Sherrod. Hey. Sorry. Hey. Sorry. Yes, you it. did it, Aiden. I did. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Well, yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome, Sherrod. <laughs> Anytime. Uh, so uh, what is, well, you know, we know we've been talking about the uh, energy and sustainability framework, but uh, you mentioned that it had released today. Uh, what do you, like, I guess to start, do you love it or do you hate it? pretty excited about it actually uh i didn't know what to expect i'd just seen a really uh brief overview and i was like oh this could go a lot of different ways but um as i got into the details it was like i don't know 112 pages of reading although some of that was a glossary so i didn't actually read the glossary but <laughs> That was my day today, and uh, and it gets into some pretty good details. I'm very hopeful about it, and 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 our big push now, of course, is going to be to make sure city council approves it and carries through with it because it's it's specific. It's telling them you need to do these things in this order to get to net zero. So, yeah. Right. So, Jared, are you the bad cop? Do you hate it? <laughs> No, I don't hate it. You know, we we saw city council pass the 100% renewable motion um, by 2050 in 2018. So we are now four years later. We need mm -hmm. a plan, right? And yeah. so is this plan going to be perfect? No, but it is this start. Um, it lays out some really nice things. It covers a lot of ground. Um, and I think this gives us a rallying point to come together as a community, as many 
um, stakeholders and citizens and, and start moving in the direction we need to move to make significant change. And can I just, I just want to read the first line of the introduction, if I may. Is that, is that okay with you, Paul? Yeah. So the, the, the report opens by saying climate change is an unprecedented threat to global social, economic, and environmental systems. It poses risks to human health, public safety, infrastructure, livelihoods, and the world's biodiversity and ecosystems. So that's the first line in the introduction that like states why we need to do this, right? Unequivocally. And so if that's where we're starting right now, as our, as, as our agreed upon statement of fact, and I, we, I mean, we can talk about how the, the Supreme Court of Canada, you know, supported this statement around climate change. The framework is now the plan going forward and, and I'm, I'm ready and excited to get to work on it. I yeah. should tell you um, uh, that in the original draft, like they had that sentence and then it's a comma says David Suzuki and the loony left, <laughs> but we, we advised them to take that out. Well done. Yeah, I, mean, I, th- I thought I thought I'd give the wrong message. So you were thinking, you were. I think that like put that down on like the be- the best of like compilation for QCIB in the future. That that improvement right there. We yeah. we de trolled the, uh, the the energy framework. Into yeah. one. Aiden was on that day. Good job. You know, they didn't have to do that, right? Like I've I've seen loads of, you know, environmental ideas that are uh, not quite so strident about uh, the actual risks of climate change or even that will even like only like raise climate change as like a community concern as opposed to as like a, a statement of fact. It's a pretty bold statement, right? Um, especially, especially in a place like Saskatchewan. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. So will we see pushback on this? Probably. Um, but I mean, this is the, the, this is the statement of fact that thousands of scientists around the globe looking at so many different systems, natural systems have agreed upon and we need to move forward. Yeah. Yeah. Um, a piece that I, I liked from page two of the introduction actually is uh, where they say Regina's economic reliance on the natural resources and agriculture industries creates an imperative to act on climate change. So it takes that like extra step to say uh, that we can't pass the buck as a municipality, that we as a local government, we have a responsibility to act on this as well as um as well as, you know, like expecting the federal government, the provincial government to do this work. So you're listening to our interview with Yvette Crane and Jared Clark from Regina Energy Transition on the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR, tuned into the community. Yvette. Yes. What in this framework has you excited? Like, what are what are the steps the city's thinking about taking that you uh, think are a good thing to do? Well, they lay it out really well. You know, when I first saw the term, uh, the seven big moves, I wasn't sure. I thought, how much are they going to flesh that out or whatever? But they get into uh, details towards the end and there's a table and it's like, when does this need to start? By what year will it be completed? What are the steps? How much is it going to cost? And so um, it's not just, you know, a big picture of shifting our energy use, uh, you know, all very vague. It gets into very specifics. And so the number one specific, and it says it needs to start immediately, is energy retrofits of buildings. And that's something our, our group has been looking at since the beginning. And we talked a lot about um, retrofitting rental properties because we see that as an area of great need and uh, uh, part of equity and, and energy poverty. Um, switching to clean fuels for heating because heating is a huge area of our energy consumption. Net zero new construction, which is something, as I understand, that's already in the works the way um, uh, the construction uh, industry is regulated federally, but you know they're pushing 
and, and making sure that's included. Renewable energy development, and again, specifics of which one, solar, wind, and, and uh, they also talk about green hydrogen um, and, and when and where it shall come in, electrification of transport, active transport, and clean industry actions. And then all of them get more, more specific from there. So it's just, yeah, that's all really, really great to see. Very exciting to see for sure. How about you, Jared? Like, do these seem like realistic things for the city to be taking on? Um, well, if, if you look at what RET has been doing, so Regina Energy Transition, what we've been advocating for over the last year, um, we put forward four um, policy ideas that we felt would be, um, you know, low-hanging fruit that was easily, be easily attainable to move us forward on our journey to net zero. And those were things like um, free, fair free transit, right? And so that, you know, how do we how do we reduce emissions when we're talking about transportation? Well, we get cars off the road. How do we do that? Well, we increase city buses, we electrify city buses um, and we make it free for people to jump on. So it's not a barrier and we can encourage and change the culture around driving um, um, and transportation. So I'm so that was one of the things that we've been pushing for. And a lot of our uh, youth members in Regina Energy Transition have really been pushing for is that fare free transit. So I'm really excited um, to see, you know, the city very clearly stating, you know, they said 100% of new city buses will be electric. But so like the little things like that, where you know, these seem like we know that going electric for buses saves thousands of dollars for municipalities, right? Um, so yeah, there's lots of exciting things in here. I, I'll be honest, um, I haven't had time to go through because we just came out earlier this afternoon to go through and comb through to be really articulate in a lot of things. But um, from what I've seen so far, um, I'm excited. Yeah, when you talk about the car culture, like something that caught my eye was like decreasing cars in the city core and like things that big cities do, like the city of London does, right? But Regina is looking at increasing parking fees. And then where my mind goes is okay. And then that money goes to support the things that aren't involving one driver and one car that are moving people around in a better way. And so there's some pretty brave, you know, major cultural shifts for a city like Regina, if we can get people there. And I think they're, they're going about it uh, the right way. I think you'd also ask Jared, getting me to say his name, Sherrod now. I think uh, uh, you'd <laughs> no, also ask Jared about, <laughs> did you see anything that, that, that alarmed you and not alarmed, that's not the right word, but um, there's a lot of things in here that the city doesn't directly control. And so, but they repeat over and over again, the city has to be the leader. The municipal government must act as a leader, partner, and convener. Action must start now. So it's like, they're not letting the city off the hook. The councillors can't just say, oh, wow, the city can't do all this. No, they say that. The city can't do every single action that's in here, but there's no other body that's going to lead it but them, supported by the citizens, supported by industry. Um, something that was there, I'm just trying to find it because my memory won't let me just uh, say it, but there was something in there specifically about the co-op refinery and and the work they need to come forward and doing and they're now saying yeah we need to be net zero by 2050 as well they don't have a specific plan but i think the pressure's on what what i heard uh you know in the room when when the the emissions of the co-op refinery were brought to the table and explained to everyone all the city's employees eyes got really big and it's like wow and it's huge and you see that they don't name the refinery specifically they say industry in regina but those emissions are are enormous and it's something we have to deal with we can't just well, well we're not going to talk about that what you had said paul about um you know, it kind of turns that around instead of saying, oh, well, we need, we're a natural resource place and an agricultural place, so we can't act. And instead, it's turning it around. It's because 
we rely on natural resources and agriculture. We must act. And Mm -hmm. I I really like that. Yeah. As you said, they do make mention uh, early on in the report in the executive summary about uh, the energy audit that they conducted uh, in the preliminary work to to put this together. And one of the things they do point out is that uh, the industrial sector in Regina constitutes like 34% of our greenhouse gas emissions and they're 43% of our energy use. So it does seem like, and this is something in the press conference they had earlier today, they pointed out the industry side is something they aren't going to have a lot of sort of direct control over. It's one of the things, although, you know, they, they do have some regulatory power over that, but if industry doesn't come along on this journey, we're kind of screwed, right? Cause they make up such a huge proportion of the amount of um, energy that we use as a city. Definitely. But I I think they need to come along. And uh, I mean, from what I hear from a lot of businesses and and people in the sector, I mean, they know that. And they're kind of almost waiting for the little bit of a push uh, where where they're forced to act because they won't until they have to, perhaps, if it's going to affect their bottom line in in the short term. But they see the writing on the wall. They're smart business people. They see the way things are going. They live in this climate and on this planet. So it'll come. I I have lots of confidence, but again, this is a step in the right direction. And again, if they're within the city limits, it's the city that's going to need to convene that meeting to say, so what is your plan for 2050? Let's get it down in black and white. To add on to what Yvette Mm -hmm. was saying there, you know, if you, if you look at the economic impacts of the drought of that we just experienced 2021. So we can talk about, you know, if industry doesn't come along. Um, But what happened, like the record, we had the driest summer on record in Saskatchewan in 130 years of record keeping here. Um, It cost the provincial government $2.4 billion in payouts for crop insurance because of the abysmal um, crop that came off in so many areas of this province. If that happens again in 2022, Mm -hmm. like, we're screwed, right? Like, this isn't a, oh, well, if we don't make these changes, life will continue on in a pleasant way for everyone involved in Saskatchewan. It's like, you know, life, <laughs> I don't want to talk about what life could be like if we don't act, right? Because it's, mm-hmm. it's terrifying. And I think that's where, you know, this, I'm feeling hopeful. I'm feeling optimistic about the energy framework. We are, we are at a pivotal moment in city of Regina history right now, where we can be leaders and say, and give people hope give people a rallying point around this framework on where, what can I do as an individual? What can we do as a city? What can we do as industry to come together to avoid the worst parts of climate change? I'm getting a little worked up here. I'm sorry, Paul. <laughs> oh, that's, that's quite all right. God, I've been down in the basement for far too long. I need to go out and see the sun. We need, yeah. we need that can-do attitude in our interns to like, because we've got a lot of paperwork that we frankly have just been kind of waiting for somebody to come along and file. So glad you're back. I'll get on that right away. And being people who work in the sub-basement, we're actually seeing the effects of climate change in the way that the water level is rising down here. Mm -hmm. And while, you know, that that bodes well for whether or not we'll actually have to get to that paperwork because soggy paperwork just can't be done. (laughs) Um, If we don't do the paperwork, we, we won't, theoretically ever get paid so uh we, we want we want to keep that uh, at bay on the plus side the extra moisture means more fungus on the walls so That's, like we you know, yeah so you know we don't have to worry about food quite as much yeah or water or water no yeah. uh so we are coming up to the end of the half here this is normally where we would do innovative revenue tools i don't suppose jared Yvette, do you have any like innovative ways that uh, the city could take this uh, energy and sustainability framework and make a few bucks off it? Raise parking fees. That's that long works. overdue. Huge. 
expenses for people who choose to drive. Too long. A toll fee to get into anywhere in the center of the city. Anywhere nice. <laughs> anywhere nice. <laughs> if you're in a car. What what I fear in this in this city is that if people had to like actually pay to come to the downtown, they'd just be like me. And they just stick to the edges of the city. Well, there are yeah. people who, yeah, don't care to go downtown, but have to make That's it more true. desirable. Well, uh, on that note, we will go to the pre-recorded Innovative Revenue Tools right now. The Queen City Improvement Bureau would like to acknowledge the Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District for their support of our show. The Regina Warehouse Business Improvement District. Improving the district where there are warehouses in Regina. All right. We're back from Innovative Revenue Tools. Such, such good tool. Yeah. Hey, don't we have like a sponsor or something? Oh, oh, we do. We do? We do. Do you you ever wonder, Paul, do you ever wonder when you're walking around if, you know, the last time you go to the sub-basement... Mm-hmm. And you're like, why? What is this like amazing place full of like brick buildings and businesses and like just full of heritagey charm? Um, I wonder. Uh, I don't. I don't know. No, for I haven't. This, for the for the sake of this bit, you wonder. Okay. It, it's I wonder. keeping me up at night. The answer is it's the warehouse, uh, and oh. our sponsor is a warehouse business. Um, if that's the proper name, I get it quite right. But they sponsor us here. In the sub basement, so we can bring you our weekly meetings to the public. That's awfully fine of them. That they would take time out of their day improving warehouses mm-hmm. to, you know, and shoot a little bit of that support towards us. They're they are they are a prince among among king. Is this princes. a legit a legit sponsorship you guys got? Yeah, while I yeah. On? no, yeah, yeah. yeah, no, they they wow. yeah warehouse district. I'm they're impressed. Yeah. Very cool. Yay, warehouse! It's a cool mm-hmm. district too. It yeah. really is. Lots of good things going on over there. We got that grocery I, store. And- donuts. Really good donuts. Hey, we got one other thing that we should mention. It is the 20th anniversary of CJTR going on oh, right now, this right, month. Right. Not wrong. Yeah. Can I, so, can so I, what's can I say a hit r- real quick, like for old time sakes? Sure. sure. You are listening to 91. Oh my God, this is so bad. You're listening to 91.3 FM CJTR, Regina Community Radio. Dial into the community. That's the new thing. Dial into the community? Dialed into the community. Dialed. Dialed in. You know, you're dialed in. We should also mention that on Tuesday, March 22nd from 7 to 8.30, uh, there will be a, uh, a talk. A virtual talk over Zoom called Performing with Sound. It will feature Chris Carlier, co-host of Operation Manatee, Megan Bates, the mighty Megan Bates from Dayback, and uh, yeah, and Ben Vala. Oh my God, I can never say his name. Valaiho from Wake and Break, and they will be talking about uh, radio-related things on you know the august occasion of this station's twentieth anniversary. So exciting, yeah, very. 20 years, community radio. Guys, Regina Energy Transitions. Yvette, you had something that you had pulled from the uh, framework, and uh, I've lost my notes. All my notes are gone now. What was it oh. you, were, you were talking about, the, uh, the co-op refinery? Oh, yeah. I just wanted to clarify that comment, just that while the framework was being developed, Federated Co-ops Limited are the largest contributor to Regina's industrial emissions, that's written in the framework, uh, announced their intention to become a net zero emitter by 2050. So they don't have their full plan uh, written out or modeled yet, but just the fact they've they've offered that up, I think is really positive. The city is to work with industry, industry to work with the city. So again, another, another good development in my mind. Absolutely. What do you guys think this goes next to uh, executive committee at a special meeting on March 24th. Yes, and a special assu- meeting. Yeah, and assuming it passes, it goes to council on March 30th. Do you guys think this is going to sail through or is there going to be some opposition to this? I've been back and forth in my mind, you know, when that 
race to zero motion uh, struggled and the three of us waiting to speak on it got tabled. I was crushed and I, and I was really worried because the arguments that were popping up were all like, oh, well, what's China doing? And oh, this is a joke. You know, we can't do this here and all those kind of old tropes. But the comments I've heard more recently are a lot more positive. Um I won't know all the words for it, but the city got some special funding for, for measurements and indicators, some, somehow connected to Harvard University that the mayor is really excited about. And that's really positive. So they're going to link that to this to help them do the measuring. And uh, I have a pretty, it's like with the renewables motion, you know, for a long time, we were like, oh, there's no way, there's no way Fougere is going to vote for it. And then all of a sudden he was on the radio uh, saying, you know, yeah, well, we've got this this thing we're, we're voting on tomorrow and it's looking good. So we're like, oh, it's going to happen. And so I feel pretty positive, but you don't know until you're there. What we're as Rhett asking people to do is please take the time between now and the 30th to email, phone, however you can get a hold of your counselor and let them know that you care about this and that you want them to support it. It's our best opportunity in a long while to do something. And uh, yeah, please make those those phone calls, emails, however you can uh, get a hold of your counselor. And if you would like to come present at the special executive meeting, it's special, or the city council meeting, which is also always very exciting. You just need to put in a note to the city clerks the week before to say you would like to do that. So we really encourage people to think about that as well, please. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And get a hold of us if you want help, coaching, resources, more information. That's part of what we do is, is share that knowledge among ourselves. We've got lots of members with expertise in different areas and who have done a lot of public speaking and can help with all of those things. We've got templates and all the, all the uh, links to different places that you might need to, to get your information or, you know, how do I figure out who my counselor is if I don't know all that stuff. So. Regina Energy Transition at gmail.com. Perfect. Yeah. Um, Jared, are you hopeful this will go through? I think this, like I said before earlier in the first half here, the uh, this is huge, right? Like um, we've been doing a lot of work as Regina Energy Transition over the last, um, what would you say, Yvette, six, seven months in preparation for this um, vote and working with a lot of people who want to see climate action happen and getting them to contact uh, their counselors and, and having conversations around what are some interesting and innovative policies that we could put forward and advocate for. And, you know, people care. People care about the future here in Regina and Saskatchewan. Um, and people have spoken passionately about it. We just saw the youth um, hold their press conference Fridays for Future um, on March 11th last week, and uh, wow, what a what a crew of articulate, um, intelligent young people demanding that politicians do what's right and what's necessary, right? So um, I don't know how you vote against like kids' futures. <laughs> like, let's be real here. Tere- one of one of our counselors once asked. You know, uh, what price do you put on a child, on a child's life? Was that not the quote? Yeah, yeah. What, what price do you put on it? And I, I want to throw that out there this time. You know, the future that we're looking at, uh, what price do you put on your grandkids' life? Do they live in a, in a stable climate, a hospitable uh, habitat here in Saskatchewan? Or do they live in a hellscape because we don't have the balls to... To, to do what's necessary at the last moment, right? Like we're at mm-hmm. the end of the line here. We can't kick this can down the road any further. We're already seeing impact. Yeah. Will, will you guys be presenting? Yes. Yeah. I'm going to go on the okay. 24th uh, representing Rhett. Uh, specifically, and then we're kind of coordinating people. There's a bunch of topics I'd like to make sure are covered. So I'm just reaching out there to all our ret people. We'll be talking about it at our next meeting on the 15th. And then Jared, I think, is going to present on the 30th, possibly as a ret member, but, you know, for himself with his own take on it. As you just heard, he speaks very 
passionately and coherently. So he will do a fantastic job at city council. I know. Will, will you be using the get some balls line? <laughs> do you do you suggest I should? I think you might get your line cut off. <laughs> People would okay. listen. Just so you know, like a weakness that you can exploit is they've got a brand new city clerk, just an acting city clerk, because Jim Nickel has been moved up to be an acting city manager. So I, I suspect, you know, there might be some like fumbling of fingers delay. with the uh, yeah with the well, turn the microphone offline. Maybe maybe I will end my spiel, my my presentation with "Do you have the balls to do this?" Click done. <laughs> Nice. You you might want to have a T-shirt that says it too, <laughs> in case they turn off my mic before. That's right. <laughs> read, read my shirt. <laughs> How to never get invited back to a council meeting. Banned for life. Banned for life. Here, here. I'm glad that you guys are here because there are a couple of things that are coming up at City Council that are sort of tangentially related to uh the the energy and sustainability framework and i wanted to get like your guys's take and i should mention we're on 91.3 fm cjtr regina community radio uh, dialed into the community or tuned into the community oh is it tuned or dialed i don't know uh, you could be tuned or dialed i think you it might be. actually be t- we might have gotten that wrong and i like dialed in it is I know, 20 years it's though a little analog you know old school yeah. but, uh, uh so the first item that i wanted to ask you guys about it's coming up at uh, City Council this week, so it'll be after this. It'll be before this broadcast, but it will will be facing repercussions. Uh, City Council is considering a, a Tim Hortons on Chuka Boulevard, and uh, they actually changed the official community plan to allow drive-throughs along the north stretch of uh, Chuka Boulevard in this part of the city. Originally planned to be a uh, a walkable community with ground floor retail and uh, residences and offices above. But that's now been changed so that they can have drive through Tim Hortons. Uh, this is supposed to be a sustainable Tim Hortons. So uh, there's going to be like a living wall in it. And uh, they'll be using uh, it's all we know really is that it's going to be a uh, uh, what do you call it when you have like a thing that's like the first thing, like a Vanguard thing, a Vanguard Tim Hortons that will be debuting here in Saskatchewan. Ooh. And, uh, but it is going to have like a two lane drive through uh, that they're putting in place. Uh, any thoughts on how drive throughs and Tim Hortons fit with the energy and sustainability framework? Yeah, no, I mean, drive throughs are something that, we need to work on i didn't see anything in the framework about it but i mean just generally car culture single driver vehicles bad idea oh that's terrible have a drive-through for an electric city bus oh oh get on the okay. bus and oh. then you know it's free free public transit you get on the bus everyone gives their order to the bus driver when you get on mm. You go through the drive-through in the electric buses, so or electric bus, no emissions, and then the bus drops you off right after it exits the parking lot of the Tim Hortons, and then loops back around. What? What if? And hear me out. What if every electrified bus had like a little Tim Hortons, so you could get on and then get your coffee and and baked goods? Break no, you wouldn't down. have to drive through anything. Yeah, you just Write you just that yeah. down in your own That's cup. Gold. Copyrighted. Yeah. It, it's, go, it's going on 14, a t-shirt. 2022. Okay. You'll, see, you'll 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 come to city council and say, "Do you have do you have what it takes? Do you have the balls <laughs> to put to put a Tim Hortons on every bus?" And they'll say, "No, we don't." But we might have the bits. Oh! The Tim bits. You could get Justin Bieber on there. Yeah. Wow, there's sponsorship opportunity there. Yeah. We don't have the balls, but we got the bits, baby. <laughs> there's our innovative revenue tool. <laughs> I have missed this working with you guys. We've missed you too, Sherrod. Thank you. It's true. Thank you. Yeah. Well, sadly, this will have passed by the time this airs, but I'd have to agree with you guys that uh, just a straight up drive through is not. They're claiming that this drive through will be different. Because uh, there will be two lanes, and one of the lanes will be a lane for people who've called in their Tim Hortons orders early. 
So you don't have to like stop for quite as long and idle for as long because you can just like zip in, get your Tims and get out. And uh, they're making it so that the drive-through is self-contained within the parking lot. So it doesn't, it won't, uh, it'll be harder. It'll have to be a really long lineup for it to like snake out onto the street as these often do across the sidewalk. But, oh yeah, that'll, that'll really prevent people from snaking out onto the street. Self-contained yeah, yeah. in the parking lot. Like that just, why hasn't anyone ever thought of that? Well, and, it, and it's not like, you know, whenever there's traffic to be engineered, it's not like creating like more space, just take results in like more, like greater use. Like that's not a problem. So this will be, this will be a success. Definitely. I think the electric bus is the best idea that has been presented so far on this. I just want to say. I think this might be the best idea that's been presented so far. In, in, for all anything. Five, in all our five or six years. Um, okay. The other item that I had, and like I say, everything, I lost everything, all of my notes. We have the, well, there are, there's supposedly going to be enhancements to the lead program. So that's good. Oh, I mean, only if you don't like lead in your water. So the other item that we have is the Al Ritchie uh, neighborhood land use plan. And uh, this is interesting in that it is the first of the neighborhood plans that has been completed. And this is cool because the city has decided that they're going to do all of the neighborhood plans. Uh, These are like the extra added detailed plans that talk about uh, how the official community plan works at like a neighborhood level. Uh, A lot of neighborhoods never had them. Uh, Most of the older neighborhoods do. Some of even the newer ones do. But places like Al Ritchie, which is this plan, never had a neighborhood plan. So they were the first one. This is the the pilot, basically, the very first neighborhood plan that's come out of the new process. Um, One of the things that I thought was interesting, though, is that... uh, the neighborhood got all on board and ultimately what's being recommended is gentle densification. So there's going to be like areas that are already uh, fairly dense are going to be like carved out as places where uh, intensification can happen. And people were asking for, you know, more services like a grocery store and shops and stuff. And so there's been areas that have been like marked out in the Al Ritchie neighborhood where that's going to be good. But the community has gotten very upset about one thing and that's uh, that uh, there is a 10% uh, variance on height for buildings. Somebody's uh, backyard will be in shade. Basically, exactly. That's 100% what the biggest problem is. So uh, currently uh, the maximum height in the neighborhood would be uh, 7.5 meters, but there will be 10% allowance to go over that for developments. And the neighborhood is livid about 10%. They were fine with 7.5, but that it could go possibly up to 8.3 has them apoplectic and they need this stopped because we can't have these tall buildings. And in the context of the energy and sustainability framework, I found this interesting because they have uh they're using the energy and sustainability framework to shut down this height variance by saying that it will interfere with uh, buildings uh, being able to put solar. Like if a bungalow wants to put solar up and all of a sudden a tall building goes up next door. So we're seeing the first example of um, the, the energy and sustainability framework is already being used to uh, justify uh, nimbyism potentially in neighborhoods. So I just thought, are you guys at all worried that uh, the energy and sustainability framework could be used for nefarious purposes? I hadn't thought about it in that way. I'm not, I'm not super concerned because um, (laughs) (laughs) it seems like a small thing, but it's important to them in their neighborhood. I'm just trying to, to picture it and there must be a a parallel other places so they actually have this plan there i mean i'm just thinking in my neighborhood and then yeah all of a sudden people can build these houses that have this enormous footprint i'm like how does that happen isn't there any rule around how big a place you can build when all the other houses are kind of a similar size so i i sort of understand what they mean but yeah i'm not seriously concerned about that like one meter of difference right if my yeah. math is right like 0.7 of a meter yeah i just find it hard bog kind of boggles my mind that that would make a difference 
And I'm like, in the middle of summer, you'll be in the shade at yeah. 10 o'clock at night. But the sun <laughs> is full in the sky from 8 a.m. till 8 p.m. Like, what? Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. No, I, I think that they had to worry about height variances is overblown. And I, like you, you hear it in other neighborhood plans, but not about solar. It's about literally about I don't want my backyard, you know, thrown into shade or, you know. Yeah, if you're going to be in the shade all the time, I could see right. that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I thought all this time, actually, the Al Ritchie neighborhood plan was a plan to, for the people to free themselves from the tyranny of Al Ritchie. Who has been ruling that neighborhood for decades with an iron right. fist? With an iron fist, yeah. like literally, just had it dipped in iron. Just, yeah, goes around smacking so, people, smacking people, or if they if they if they build their houses too high. Um, so, but but now finally, this way out from under under El Ritchie. I just I wanted to mention quickly that uh, Councilor Stadnichuk has a motion that I think will pass because eight delegations are coming to council to say that they support it. It's the uh, regulations for the non-essential cosmetic use of pesticides on uh, city gardens and fields and stuff. So that will probably pass. I think that's a, you know, a great environmental initiative coming from Councilor Stadnichuk. Sorry, Jared, what were you going to say? Sorry, I had to run to the bathroom there really fast. Fair. Had to go. Thank you. Um, but I am back. I was going to say, you know, we were talking a little bit about uh, with with the conversation there about like in my backyard and I was thinking about like trees and shading and all this stuff. And then I was thinking about the energy and sustainability framework and something that's not there that I'm thinking about right now is like um, naturalization of um, the city and um, how can we how can we sequester carbon? You know, there's nothing in native prairie grasses on all the boulevards to sequester more carbon or, you know, planting more trees and really maintaining our urban forest, especially, and this is pulling in my, the prairie naturalist kind of vibe here, bringing it on the QCIB, but um, the emerald ash borer, which we talked about on my show years ago, um, a little beetle that kills 99.9% of all ash trees in an area when it gets there. It's an invasive species. It showed up in U.S. It's gone through Ontario. It's in, they found it in Winnipeg now, just like last year or two years oh, ago. Right. And everywhere it goes, it kills like almost 100% of the ash trees. And in Regina... 25% of all of our trees are ash. Mm-hmm. So one out of every four trees are is likely going to be dead in the city within the next decade. And how are we thinking about, you know, regenerating that? Because it's going to be massive die-off. It, it will come. It's just when. It's not if. Um, the cities, I'm sure the forestry department is planning for it, but I think that is missing in this plan in terms of natural green mm-hmm. space, you know, getting away from Kentucky bluegrass. That's only, you know, root systems are only going down a couple inches to native prairie grasses that go down meters and sequester carbon long-term and, and all of these things. So I don't see that in the plan and I would like to see mm. something more there. That's a really good point. That's, mm-hmm. a, that's one of my mm-hmm. gripes. Hey, I, I came up with one. Awesome. I love the plan otherwise, though. All right. Well, we are pretty much out of time for this half. Um, where can people find Regina Energy Transitions and uh, on the internets? Yes, we're on Facebook at Regina Energy Transition. And they can email Transition at gmail.com. Right now, if you Google energy and sustainability framework, uh, a whole bunch of stories about the youth that spoke up on March 11th pop up. And then again, from that, you could connect to Rhett. So so we're around. Yeah, uh, look for us. Uh, we apparently have Instagram, but I don't. I have a poster that I'm supposed to take a picture of to go to Instagram, but I don't really know what that means. So I'm I'm. I'm over 50. I don't know these things. is a social media butterfly, and she just can't get off of it. (laughs) It's ridiculous, really, how much time she spends on there. 
But, so, um, yeah, so we're around. Find us. Google us. Hopefully we'll, uh, we'll pop up and we look forward to hearing from people. We look forward to hearing that people have contacted their counselors and told them how important this whole area and issue is to them and come out to the council meeting or just watch what goes on on the 24th. It'll be all about the energy and sustainability framework. So you'll learn lots and you'll learn a lot about what the different counselors have to say, which can be quite an eye opener. And the next municipal election isn't that far away. It's not too soon to start thinking about, is your candidate the right one that's in place right now? (laughs) Regina Energy Transition is a group of local people in Regina who are from all walks of life. It's pretty amazing group. I'm honored to be a part of it. And if this is something that interests you, um, you know, climate, uh, action on climate, please, you know, reach out, join us. Um, we, you know, this is such an important issue and we need all hands on deck. Um, we have lots of different members right now who are, um, just coming at it from so many different angles, but we need more perspectives. We need more diversity. We need more voices. Um, so please, if this is something that you are interested in, um, look us up, uh, come to a meeting, learn how you can help um, move this this issue and this, uh, this uh, well, action forward. So. Yeah, people that like it, like it because it's very positive. It's very action focused. Mm-hmm. It's super local. So it's really easy to get your head around and say, oh, I can do this thing. So if that kind of work appeals to you, get in touch with us for sure. All right. Well, thanks for coming in, guys. That was, uh, uh, that was yeah. awesome. And look forward to hearing you guys at Executive Committee and City Council. Thank so you much very much. Yvette, do you think you can walk me out? I really need to get to the surface. Yeah, yeah. Follow me. We'll just go this way. I'm Thank sure you. I can oh. find it. Oh. Right. We'll see you soon, Sheriff. You'll, you'll be back. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. I'll get that paperwork going when I'm back here. Soggy paperwork. That's right. <laughs> can I get those coins from you? I really want that sandwich now. Oh, hold on. Here you go. Thanks. Thanks buddy. <laughs> Bye, guys. Thank you. Yeah. All right. I guess we need a motion to adjourn. Right. Let's adjourn. Uh, I, I move to adjourn. I second that motion. Motion is passed. You've been listening to the Queen City Improvement Bureau on 91.3 FM CJTR. Regina Community Radio. Tune into the community. Our guests were Yvette Moore and Sharon Clark, a.k.a. Jared Clark from Regina Energy. What was it again, Paul? Transition. Transition? Yeah. You sure? Pretty sure. Okay, Regina Energy Transmission. Transition. Uh, we, we are broadcast uh, from th- Thursday evening, 7 to 8 p.m. And we broadcast Monday afternoons, 3 to 4 p.m. You can find us not only on 91.3, but also online, cjtr.ca slash podcasts. Uh, and also on our website, uh, queencityab.com and Twitter, queencityab. Uh, coming up next, we've got the Dirt Cabaret and there's music all on through the night. Uh, and I think there's other stuff too. So keep, keep listening. That's it. Keep on improving your job.